1: have you got drama yet
2: morning afternoon evening brunch time lunch time turkey time thanksgiving time family time football time and basketball time that's why they call it feast week time lots and lots to talk about. Time, whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Kovals twenty four seven podcast. Watch Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Hope you're having a really good uh, Wednesday morning, or and maybe it's maybe it's Wednesday afternoon, maybe it's Wednesday evening, maybe it's uh, maybe it's Thursday, maybe it's Thanksgiving. Maybe you're having turkey. Maybe you're you're listening to these soothing sounds as you're taking your uh, whatever what is it tetrafine nap. I think that's what it's called, the thing that's in the turkey that makes you sleepy. Whatever time of day it is, whatever day it is, thank you for making the Go Balls 24-7 podcast a part of your day. Certainly hope everything is good in your life. Hope everything is well. Hope you're good. Hope Thanksgiving is good. Hope the travels have been safe. There's lots and lots of things for all of us to be thankful for these days. All of us, all of us always have something to be thankful for. And uh, one of the things I'm thankful for is uh, y'all who listen to this podcast. Another thing I'm grateful for is my coworkers, including the one I'm about to bring on, the one and the only Ben McKee from his house. What's going on, Ben?
1: Not a whole lot. How are you?
2: Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, Full disclosure, uh, let's see, we're recording this on uh, Tuesday evening, and I'll be dropping it on Wednesday morning, and uh, my son's uh, Hank's surgery, his kidney surgery, is... Wednesday morning. So as you're listening to this, I'm most likely uh, pacing up and down the hallway, driving my wife insane and hoping that uh, the miracle workers at East Tennessee Children's Hospital can uh, come through for us again. But I'm sure they're going to be great because they've been great through the entire process. So uh, I am feeling very grateful and I am feeling very happy, Ben. I am. I am. It's uh, not been uh, not been a great week, obviously, for Tennessee football. Um, But uh, that is not what we're discussing in this episode. What we are discussing in this episode is basketball, the 22nd ranked Vols. It still sounds weird to say that if they hadn't stumbled uh, against Colorado, be ranked certainly up. In the top 10, most likely by this point, nonetheless. Still a ranked team, 22nd, heading down to the Bahamas where they uh, will play in the Battle for Atlantis, a tournament they've played in before. Going to open with Butler on Wednesday night tonight on uh, ESPN2 down there at Paradise Island, and then uh, play BYU or USC the next day. And then the day after that certainly uh, could be a, a really big game because there's some heavy hitters on the other side of that bracket, including Kansas so uh lots and lots to discuss I guess we'll start quickly with uh health because when when uh, Rick Barnes spoke with the media on Tuesday he had a big update did he not Ben
1: he did uh Plavchik is going to be back against Butler on Wednesday night he is going to be available this week as Tennessee partakes in the battle for Atlantis down in the Bahamas and uh, I think this is a key development for Tennessee, just because I don't think that you have a ton of post options that, that you can consistently count on at the moment. You, 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 you don't really know what's going to happen from, from game to game with these guys. Uh, Rick, Rick even talked about that the thing that he wants to see most is who is going to, to bring it consistently, who, who is going to be the most consistent post player. That that's how they can improve the most in the front court at the moment, whether it's Olivier Camois, uh Urosh himself, Toby Awaka, or Tobey Awaka, I-, I should say, or, or Jonas Adu. Th- those guys, they- they've got to find some ki- con- consistency, uh, not not only individually, but as a group as well. So uh, not that Urosh Plaschik is necessarily Grant Williams, but uh, he-, he is a veteran. Uh, who who has played quite a bit of basketball for Rick Barnes.
2: Yeah, and, and also, I mean, right now you're talking about, if you want to just talk about the matchups in this first game, the opener down in the Bahamas, uh, That you know, Butler's got a big one. Butler's got Manny Bates, a, a big, big physical senior, 6'11", 240. Um, a kid who averages, I believe, about 15. Uh, let's see how many points does he average per game. I know he averages 8.5 rebounds per game, uh, and he also averages 13.5 points per game. So that's a that's a big guy. Uh, they they've got some other size. I know Butler. We we know what that program is, what that program stands for. Um, There's always, always, always good players at Butler, uh, sometimes better than others, um, but a very, 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 very good program who gets to play in one of the very best uh, arenas in in all of college basketball, Hinkle Fieldhouse, a place I've been fortunate uh, to cover a couple of games in. It's a really, really wonderful place, uh, which if you've seen the movie Hoosiers, you know all about it. Um, just a really, really, really cool old pad to play basketball. But of course, this one uh, will be uh, not in a historic arena, certainly. It'll be in a ballroom, a big ballroom down there um at uh, at atlantis, the the resort down there in Paradise Island, Bahamas. And, and this is a good, Good week for Tennessee and a, a good opportunity to be a good week for Tennessee anyway. And this is a an, interest, an interesting matchup with Butler in the opener. I think getting Urosh back is a big deal. Uh, I think for the reasons that Ben has just alluded to, he's a guy who um, he's not going to have a lot of you know fifteen point games or that that that's not what he does. But the the oomph he provides, uh, the 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 steel he provides uh, on the post for that team, uh, just a real physical nature about the way he can play the game uh, and imposing figure certainly one of the more imposing big guys in all of college basketball and, and a guy who um you know when there's a good big man on the other team a big big graduate student named Manny Bates uh you can throw Uros Pops at him too that's a, that's a big thing if, certainly if nothing else you got you know 10 minutes and five fouls go get it
1: yes absolutely and and you know Butler's going to be ready to play with Dad Mata uh, now back in college basketball and and coaching and, and being the coach at, at Butler, I think my favorite thing to learn about Butler basketball this week is the fact that Greg Oden is the director of basketball operations. I believe it's the, the director of basketball operations. I, maybe it's a different director of something, but uh, he's working at Butler. Uh, and I, I was unaware. Obviously, he played for Thad Mata at Ohio State. So you understand why he is at Butler. Uh, and, and he's kind of been in the coaching ranks the, the last couple of years. He was a G.A. at Ohio State uh, recently and, and now the director of basketball operations there at Butler. So that that's pretty unique that a former number one overall pick uh, is now a director of basketball operations. And, and I would assume that he wants to be a, a coach one day. Uh, as well. So that that is pretty cool, but you know they're going to be ready to play. Uh they they're, they're going to be disciplined and Tennessee's going to have to bring it. And uh, I asked Rick Barnes on on Tuesday afternoon when he did his pre-tournament availability press conference if he was eager to learn whether his basketball team learned its lesson from the Colorado game because West We're going to learn a lot about Tennessee basketball these next three days as they play three games in in three days. My opinion going into the end of the week, going into Thanksgiving week, we'll we'll see if uh, it it changes in the podcast that we will record next Monday or Tuesday because obviously Thanksgiving and family stuff and football at Vanderbilt is happening. So Wes and I will be back with a basketball pod next Monday or, or Tuesday, somewhere in that time frame. So I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm, be curious to see if when we do record this next basketball pod, if I still have the thought process that the Colorado game was just a, a one-off. I, I believe that it will prove to be over time a one-off in, in which they truly looked at the schedule and said it's grambling that Colorado lost to, as long as we show up, we're going to win. Uh, and and they got their butts bit because of that. Uh, so uh, I think this is a good basketball team. And uh, I wanted to make the point earlier when you mentioned that they're number 22 in the AP poll. That that was a steep fall. And the AP poll does not matter. But I feel like people have forgotten about Tennessee basketball because of that Colorado loss. And, uh, and I'm more so speaking about some, some of the national media. Uh, I saw one media member who isn't even considering Tennessee in the top 25 right now. Ken Palm has Tennessee as the sixth best team in the country at the moment. And granted, it's a small sample size, not a ton of data to go off of. But six in Ken Palm is is significant, uh, and and the offense is twenty fourth in adjusted offense. Uh, top twenty five offense is is always a good thing, and then defensively. They're rated as the fourth best adjusted defense. So this is still a really good basketball team, and we're going to learn a lot these next couple of days. And, again, I think in hindsight we'll look back at the the Colorado game as just a one-off. And it's disappointing that such a veteran lane team would have to relearn that lesson. You you would think with some of these guys that are on this year's team that that wouldn't be an issue, even if it's just the second game of the season. Uh, But they're humans, and and they're also – 17 18 to 22 23 24 year old kids and uh they are young adults but that that is why college athletics is is so different than the NFL because it, it's hard to get young people to be consistent in, in anything in life and we saw it this past weekend with the football team I, I guarantee you if if you took a, a Tennessee level team in the NFL and and have them face a a South Carolina level team in the NFL. I guarantee you the, the Tennessee version, the NFL version of Tennessee wins because they're consistent. The, they, they would not have lacked the sense of urgency that Aaron Beasley talked about. So uh, again, I I think the Colorado loss will prove to be a one-off, but this week will tell us whether it was or not. Probably.
2: Yeah. I I think I don't have a huge issue with with Tennessee falling. It was a little bit, further than I expected, if I'm being honest with you. I I didn't think it would be quite that far um, because this is a team that returns four starters from a 27-win team. So I think you're you're looking at a sample size for this season that's not very large. But if you start – a lot of this team was on that team last year, were huge components of that team last year. And at the end of the season, in the regular season anyway, through the SEC tournament, that was one of the best teams in college basketball. And we know Kennedy Chandler's a special player, right? We know John Fulkerson is a guy who did a lot for Tennessee on and off the floor, just a guy who you could count on for some different things a lot of the time. So not all the time, but a lot of the time. And so I think there's some big misconception that they've lost a ton from last season. I, I don't really buy that. I think that... Certainly Chandler's a special player, um, but Zachai Ziegler did so many things for that team last year and, and can do it again. I, I'm not that I'm not surprised and I don't think it's any sort of disrespect uh, to move Tennessee that far. Uh, I'm mildly surprised. but um, yeah, I, I think my personal belief Ben, is that I, I'm not sold on this being like a great basketball team but I'm fairly confident that it will not ever be worse than it was against Colorado. That doesn't mean that I think it's always going to be really good. I think this team's going to beat some good teams. I think it's going to lose a couple frustrating games like most teams do. I, I think this is going to be a good team that's right there in the mix by the end of the year in terms of being a you know, a tournament team and, and all those things. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not really too worried about that because of the, 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 the weaponry they have. But I, I, I that Colorado game was so bad – it was so bad that it does sort of jolt the senses a little bit and, and make you think, hmm, you know, that like, like, like it's okay. If that's the worst you play all year, if that's the very, very worst you've got, okay. Yeah. yeah it, it, it was what it was. It was a turd of a day. However, um, you can't, you can't do that again. You can't be that bad again. I mean, there's days where you don't make shots, there's days where the other team, uh, which he, sometimes even a team that doesn't shoot very well will just everything they throw up to the bucket goes in. Basketball is a very very weird game. Like that always has been, always will be. But I think in terms of the way that they got out fought in that game was was it was a jolt. It was alarming, and so that better be just one of those things where okay, you were a little bit too you were a little bit too high on yourself. You were feeling yourself a little too much, and and, and you can't do that again.
1: Yeah, and, and that's what I think that it'll be, just because you, you look at the makeup of this roster and say, say what you will about uh, Olivier Camwa or Urosh Plashik and and how good they are as post players, or uh, say what you will about Josiah Jordan James and, and whether or not he has lived up to the five-star billing that he arrived with, or um, maybe... Some frustrations from from watching Santiago Vescovi at times. I, I could go on and on. The the one thing you cannot question with with these group of guys is their their effort and their energy and the way that they fight and battle through adversity. It, it was absolutely an issue in the Colorado game. Uh, there, there's no debating that. But that that was also that that that's also part of basketball in a sense like there's so many games that there are going to be nights to where everything is off and it just looks absolutely awful it will not be the last ugly loss of the season that Tennessee has now I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to have a lot of them but just kind of the nature of basketball you're going to have uh two or three nights uh, a season in which the the shots just are not falling and you saw that early in the Colorado game and then that that led to to really really poor defense because they they checked out and that that was disappointing uh to see and and it, it is alarming that such a veteran team was not ready to go from the jump and just thought that they could show up and, and win. So, so that is alarming, but I'm, I'm not concerned about it moving forward just because of the makeup of a, a lot of these guys, it's the guy Ziegler, Josiah, uh, Olivier Urosh. they're, they're not going to quit. Jemai Meshack, they, they are Santiago. Like they, they are going to, <laughs> they're going to play hard, uh, 9.9 nights out of <laughs> 10, uh, as just about every time as, as you can predict. So, uh, and, and also, they, they I think they've learned their lesson uh, with with how Rick responded uh, post game to that loss to Colorado, and, and they responded well. Obviously, by the way that they performed against Florida Gulf Coast, I, I think that if they had turned around and and, and had an ugly performance uh, against Florida Gulf Coast, then then I would be overly concerned. But Uh, Florida Gulf Coast had just set a program record for 17 made threes and then they come in and and only made five and shot. I believe it was 28 percent from three against Tennessee because of what Tennessee was able to do defensively. They were averaging 84 points a game and they scored 50 in Thompson Bowling Arena. Uh, So I I think Tennessee responded well and there, there are too many veterans for this to be a continuing issue with this basketball
2: team. Yeah, I, before we go to break, I'll just say that it, it, it wasn't that the, the Tennessee lost to Colorado in and of itself that that bothered me. And it, it wasn't even the missed shots that bothered me because that that's going to happen in basketball. But the way that that, that they just kind of capitulated there late, that that really, you know, for a veteran team like that, for a proud team, um, that, that sort of rubbed me the wrong way. And you could tell that it rubbed Rick Barnes the wrong way because those guys are way – Way, way too physical, way too athletic, uh, to just sit there and get out fought for rebounds and loose balls, and to to have some some lazy things that let that let back cuts and stuff beat you. You you can't. You're gonna miss shots, and if they had 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 fought that whole game and they just couldn't make a shot and they end up losing by like three or four points, you know what, man, that's basketball. But the way that they just just sat there and took it, that that was. That was the concern to me. Um, and, and again, if you do that like late in the season, like you'd rather do this early in the season. If you're going to do this, you'd rather do this early in the season because you do that at the end of the season, that could be the end of your season. You do that now, you can sort of get those things corrected and you can move on. But I, I just, with all the experience that's on that team, I don't like the way that they handled that situation. But uh, they've only had one opportunity since then to play, and they've played well in that situation. So I, I don't think anyone should be panicked or alarmed or anything and i think the blowback to that game was way extreme but um again that's it's november basketball like you got a chance this week to go make up for that you get a chance starting wednesday night to make up for that so let's see what you got because you're going to play some some pretty good teams here not 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 maybe some great teams but some some good teams some good teams early on so uh, and then maybe at the end of it you you get to play a big big team so we will see. We got more to discuss. Before we do that, though, we're going to step away for just a second, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, etc. And then we'll be right back here on the GoVals 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Welcome back to the Go Balls Twenty Four Seven Podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ben McKee coming to you from Ben McKee's house, where thankfully everyone seems to be healthy now after uh, uh, a weekend from hell there with the uh, with the stomach stuff going around. So hopefully, hopefully you've kept that at your house. Hopefully you do not bring that over anywhere near my house. Uh, we got enough going on this week. So uh, the good news, Ben, is that you have emptied all of your stomach, before Thanksgiving. That is the best news of the week. If you want to look at it like, you know, think of it like Tennessee football, right? You know, as bad as it was last week, and the Hendon stuff is just awful, Uh, you know, you get to see what Joe Milton's got. You get a couple of games to see what he's got going into next season. You can look at the bright side of any situation if you try to. So, Ben, the bright side is... Your stomach is now ready for turkey, and the most important thing about Thanksgiving, which is sweet potatoes, and everyone should agree with that, and if you don't like sweet potatoes, I don't care if you never listen to this podcast again because you're uh, an evil person, so that's how I feel about sweet potatoes. Uh, I love them, and if you don't love them, I don't love you. So we got a lot more to discuss. Before we do that, though, just a quick suggestion uh, from our end, quick request from our end. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now, go in there and uh, subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this podcast. We really, really would appreciate that. If you're just listening on the website right there at GoVals247.com, nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume this podcast uh, at all, but what helps us out the most is if you go in there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world, you can cast a fine pod. You can find this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Very few complaints from our end. However, since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there and subscribe to it and rate and review it and tell your friends, tell people that you see... Um, just, you know, at church. Tell people you see at the golf course if, you, if you're still in a place where you can play golf this time of year. Tell people you see walking around town. Tell people you see walking your dog around. If you just see someone wearing orange, be like, hey, uh, are you a Tennessee fan? Because I'm a Tennessee fan and uh, you should listen to the Go Boss 24-7 podcast. You know, that could be your new best friend, guys. That could be uh, the love of your life. That could be someone who owns a very, very wealthy company and uh, within a year, your net worth is like $3 million. Do you believe in karma? I do. Pay it forward. Go tell people about this podcast. If you're already doing all that, thank you. We love you. if not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Ben, back to business. One thing that I'm not sure we've discussed quite enough this season, early. It's early times, the early days in this basketball season. Um, But the way that Josiah Jordan James has played to open this season, even against Colorado... He was the only guy on the floor who really looked locked in and really looked really looked confident. And every time that I've seen him play this season and again, it's small sample size, the level of confidence with which he is playing is a new thing for him. He's always been a calm player, right? He's always been calm, he doesn't get rattled, but the way that he will just rise and fire from anywhere now. The way that he will 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 take some chances on some passes, the way that he will sort of get things operated and get the flow of the offense going. He is playing at a very, very high level right now. And he's doing that despite having a very, 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 you know, truncated offseason. He came back from that knee procedure, uh, I believe it was, um, and and he, he just kind of – they really, really – I don't want to say baby, that's a strong word, but they really were cautious with him coming back because he's a guy who uh, you know what you're going to get when he's out there and when he's healthy. Problem is, he's not always healthy. So what do you do about that? Maybe you can manage that better on the front end, right? Maybe you can, uh, maybe you can take it a little bit easier on him. Maybe you can make sure he's good to go uh, when you need him. Maybe that's maybe that's something you can do.
1: Right, and and that was the thought process. Uh, try to try to bring him along slowly because he is a guy that has battled injuries. Uh, throughout the course of of his career, and now you, you've seen him uh, as a veteran take a, a big step forward, and he, he's playing great basketball, like you said, because he is a great basketball player. He's a great college basketball player. He, he does a whole lot of things really well. Uh, he, he's always been a great defender, but now the yes. offense is is really starting to catch up to to his defense, and, and he is one of the best all around players. Uh, not only in the SEC, but in the country. And it's only three games in, but his shooting numbers to start the season, especially with a truncated offseason, like you just mentioned, are, are pretty silly. I mean, he's shooting 52% from the field, 52% from three. And it's only five free throws, but just for the sake of hyping Josiah up, I mean, he's a perfect five for five. Nail shooting a thousand, a thousand from the free throw line. And and he's getting his rebounds. Uh, he He's had... Six in the last game against Florida Gulf Coast. He had eight against Colorado. Uh, he did have four fouls uh, against Florida Gulf Coast, but whatever. It's Florida Gulf Coast. But uh, against Colorado, he only had one. Uh, he's had two assists in the last two games. Uh, and then in the Colorado game, he also had two blocks and and three steals. So he's been tremendous. Uh, he, he's finally pieced it all together. And uh, although technically he is coming back from injury, He's healthy and and that's been the biggest reason why he has struggled offensively last year it was the thumb if I remember correctly and that that really got him off to a slow start that first half of the season last year and, and then you saw him get healthy and what did he do he he went scorched earth to, to end the season he, he was on fire uh, and and helped carry Tennessee to that SEC tournament championship and uh, earlier in his career, I believe he had a shoulder injury, if I'm remembering. Uh, so he's just always kind of been banged up, and it, and it's uh, re- reflected in his offense. But now he's healthy. Uh, they're they're not necessarily putting a whole lot of wear and tear on him on purpose, and and it's paying off. And he is a vital piece to this Tennessee basketball team. I, I believe he is the unquestioned. Leader of this team, I I do think the the emotional leader is the Ziegler, but in, in terms of the the steady presence, the the head coach on the floor that is without a doubt Josiah Jordan James, and and he's been awesome. And, and lastly, Wes, my favorite thing about Josiah and, and in terms of why he is playing so well right now is because of the confidence that he is playing with. That to me is also the biggest difference in, in terms of some of his early career struggles uh compared to now early early in his career uh he he dealt with injuries but i also think he lacked confidence and now he has a ton of confidence and, and you are seeing that and even this last game against florida gulf coast it's just florida gulf coast but he drains a three and he turns around and and he's talking smack to the florida gulf coast player and doing the three symbol to the head, running back down the floor, and they're up by fifteen twenty points. That that is not a side of Josiah Jordan James that, that we have seen in the past. But uh, now that he he has kind of picked it up uh, offensively, and he is playing with more confidence. Uh, I, I I think uh, a lot of the reason he is playing so well is because of that confidence he's picked up.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, Ben. I I think his his confidence level is is really high right now. And and again, my my microphone was being weird just a second ago. So I I sort of stopped my point a little bit early there, but I I just think the way that they have sort of managed him the, the, the over the off season is something that to me is, is something that like a good, smart, well-run program, a veteran coach with a really good strength coach, a really good training staff. I think they know, listen, we know what we're going to get out of this kid. Let's just make sure that beyond any shadow of a doubt, he is healthy and he is ready to go for the season, and uh, he he wasn't really in the best terms of shape. Like playing for thirty minutes a game early in the season, he kind of had to work his way back up to that because it takes time to do that. And they took it easy on him in, in camp, and uh, the, it's just something that the, the way that Barnes will manage like his veteran players is is something that you know early in their career. Listen, that you're going to get you're you're going to be ridden hard and put away wet, man. That's just how it is. It's just tough. It's just tough. It's just he's gonna he's gonna get on you. He's gonna be on your case. He's gonna push you hard. You're gonna be doing a lot of extra running in practice when you do stuff wrong. You're gonna have a short release when you make mistakes in games. Whether you like it or not, that's how he is. But when you are a veteran player and you've proven yourself to him, then he's gonna he he knows when he's gonna get what out of you. He knows how he can push you. He knows when not to push you. He just knows. It's not like he bends his. He changes the way that he is but he he begins to understand how to coach each guy differently and guys that you have to push hard uh, and guys that you can't compliment. Because there were guys throughout their career, um, I'm trying to remember specific examples, but there have been players where Rick was like, listen, I I can't compliment this kid too much. I want to because I love this kid, but every time I start to really, really praise this kid, he just falls off a cliff. He just does. Whereas if I keep pushing him hard and pushing him hard, he might be mad at me, but he's playing better. And you, you, you just know with certain guys, like, okay, um, I, I, can't, I can't let him take it easy in practice for a couple of days, even if he's a little bit sore, because he's going to play like crap in a game if I do that. Whereas this guy, I know that if I manage him a little bit more carefully during practice, I watch his minutes, I give him kind of one of those, uh, those veteran days off, right, those, uh, those maintenance days, um, I'm going to get more out of him in the long run. And with Josiah Jordan-James, they've just always had a devil of a time keeping him healthy. And I think the way that he's playing now is shows you what, what he can do when he's healthy, and you just knock on wood and hope that he stays that way because he's a very, very good basketball player. He's going to do a lot of things for this team. And let's be honest, if people are going to – to if defenses are going to keep throwing everything at Santiago Vescovi every game because they, they don't want to let him breathe because of everything they know he can do offensively, other guys gotta make shots, right? Tyreek Key's gotta make shots. Olivier Comwall's gotta step out and make shots. Um Tyreek, you know, um, you know, Josiah Jordan James, gotta make some shots. Jemai May when he's in there, gotta make some shots. You you have to, you have to stretch the floor, you have to make the defense respect it, and you have to make the defense do a risk reward analysis on listen, I can't just throw everything at Vescovy because he might only get 10 points, but I'm still gonna give up 90 to this team. Whereas if I go out there and I I I play them more Straight up, you know, Vescovy, Vescovy might score 25, but they score 78, and, and so you just you want to put that thought in your head uh, of your opponent's head about knowing that they have they 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 just can't throw everything at Vescovy, they can't throw everything at Ziegler because the other guys on the wing are going to give them a hard time. And I think if 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 Josiah Jordan James keeps playing like this, teams are going to have to adjust the way that they play Tennessee, and that's going to help everybody quite a bit um, because they're they're going to have more space. To work. And I think there are certain guys that, that have the ability to do that. I think he has the ability to do that. He's never been a guy who says, I want to score 20 a game. And he's probably never going to be that guy. But he's going to have some some 20-point games this season, I think, because of the way that he's confident with his shot, the way that he he doesn't mind to go sit there and take some shots. The biggest question I have, what happens when he goes through those inevitable slumps that everybody goes through? Is he going to fight through it? Is he going to keep staying aggressive? Or is that going to make him kind of revert back into nah, I'm more of a triple double kind of guy, whereas I'm going to be an aggressive scorer when I need to kind of guy, because they need him to score the basketball. It's one of those things we've talked about before, Ben. Sometimes we call players selfish when they take a lot of shots, but you could argue, and I would argue, that sometimes if you have a if you have a really good offensive game and you don't take a lot of shots, you're actually being selfish. You're actually hurting your basketball team. The best way that you can help the team is by scoring the ball. you got to be able to do that. That's part of what you can do. So I, I'm interested to see what happens when he goes through a little bit of a funk that everybody goes through because we'll see we'll see what he can do. Um, and I also think it'll be interesting to see uh, what Vescovy does because if you look at Vescovy's numbers this season, even against Gonzaga in that exhibition, didn't have a great night shooting the ball, right? Didn't have a great night shooting the ball the other night. He, he's not been off to – he's not looked like – he's not gotten a lot of space to work and he's not been – had a really hot start to the season, but I have zero concerns about what he's going to do over the course of a season. I, I think everybody knows what he is offensively.
1: Yeah, they, they, sh- they should, if not, they're not doing their homework. <laughs> um, but I, I think both of those guys will continue to shoot it. Uh, Josiah shot it, uh, at the end of last season, even when, uh, he was on a heater, even if he had a game or so to where, all of the shots weren't falling. I mean, he, he kept shooting it. Uh, and, and Santiago over the years ha- has continued to, to shoot it a- as well. Uh, and he, I feel like Santi hasn't gotten off to a good start this season because he, he's been jacking up shots. He, I thought he was much hmm. better against Florida Gulf Coast uh, than, than he was against Colorado. I, I, I thought Santi was, was totally out of control. I, I could not agree more with Rick after the Colorado game. Uh, in terms of Santi being out of control and and uh, just just trying to do too much, and, and you get where he's coming from because I also agree with Rick that Zakai and and Santi they were doing it because they knew that the team as a whole was struggling, and they went into the mode of trying to put the entire team on their back when they don't have to do that, and, and you appreciate that 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 effort and that thought process to to try to be the guy the to lead the team out of the funk, but when you do that at times you can do too much because you're pressing uh, and and that leads to risky passes or uh, poor jump shots. And uh, you saw him get back to his normal self and Zakai against Florida Gulf coast. So I think those guys will continue to shoot it. I mean, this, this team is going to go as those guys go, they're going to live and die with with the performance of uh, Josiah and, and Santi and And then to a lesser extent, I think Tyreek Key and Sakai Ziegler. So uh, those are the main four to watch this year. At this point, I don't have a ton of confidence in a a post player being able to necessarily step up and and carry the load. And that that leads us into the the biggest question mark with this basketball team at the moment, at least in my opinion. It's something that Rick talked about after, I believe, the Florida Gulf Coast game. And and that's that if plan A isn't working, which is – shooting from the perimeter what is plan b and right now i don't think that this team has a plan b aka when the shots are not falling what are they going to do to win basketball games i I don't think that there is another plan b at the moment offensively which gets back to the defensive stuff and and why rick has been harping on the defensive stuff so much of late is because i think he kind of realizes that as well that if, if they're not knocking down shots from the perimeter, then it, it's going to be a long night because they're not receiving consistent post-play at the moment. But if it is a night where you're only going to score 60 or so points, then your, your, your defense that ranks currently fourth in Ken Palm, that that is something that can supplement the offense and and save you from, from night to night. And I think that's also why he was so angry after the Colorado game. Not, not necessarily because – The offense wasn't making shots, but because they have built this defensive system and placed such an emphasis on the defensive end of the ball, that on nights where the shots aren't going in, like Colorado, the defense should have been there to back up the offense and and still win you that basketball game. And and you saw that.
2: Yeah, they still scored enough points to win that game. They should have that. The points they had in that game should have been enough to win it.
1: Correct, And, and that's where I was going. Is you look in the first half. And it was not a great offensive first half for Tennessee against Colorado. It it was not. There were turnovers. They they were missing shots. But they led at the half because of what they were doing on the defensive end. They had forced Colorado into double-digit turnovers, if I remember correctly. But then in the second half, the, the shots continued to not go in. They got frustrated. Colorado hit a shot or two and gained some confidence. And then the defense went all to pieces. So, uh, that, that's my biggest question mark with this team. Uh, it it kind of, I guess, really two things, but they they go hand in hand. And in, in my opinion is that there's not really that consistent post player that you can count on offensively, which is OK because you have such a guard heavy team this year. But there are going to be nights to where the guards and and their shots just aren't falling. So so what's plan B? And I don't know that there's really a plan B offensively other than the defense being your offense.
2: Yeah, I think that th- that, to me, is the is the moment, those are the moments where they really will miss Kennedy Chandler because Kennedy Chandler, when things were not going right offensively, he he did the great equalizer, whereas he could get to the rim whenever he wanted. He could get to the rim and make something happen whenever he wanted because nobody could keep him in front of them really off the bounce. Like, very few people could do that. Um, that's what this team right now doesn't have a lot of, because uh, if you can't if you can't make a lot of three pointers, then you got to do a couple other things, right? You got to either feed the post, or you have to attack the rim with the dribble drive stuff. Like that's what you got to do. And right now we know that Tennessee doesn't thrive in either of those areas. However, the X factor to that and a guy who I think could end up doing some of that is Julian Phillips. I think he is a guy who, as the season progresses, he will be a guy if if the plan for him, if he stays on course, if he stays healthy, if he gets through the whole f- being a freshman under Rick Barnes, which means you're getting coached hard every single day, can you mentally handle that? if you can, I think his ability to put the ball on the deck and get to the rim will help this offense a lot um, because I don't think uh, obviously like you know Meshack, we know he's he's an improved offensive player. he's not a creator. I don't I don't like those possessions where it looks like he's creating things. I think he's a good player. I think Tennessee's glad to have him. I'd be happy to have him, but he, he has a role in it and that's not it. He's not like the creator type. Um, but Josiah Jordan James can do some of that. Vescovy can do some of that. Um, and Ziegler can do some of that. Obviously despite his size he can still he, he knows what he's doing there. But I think as the season goes along, I think one or two things has got to happen. either Olivier Kamwa becomes the player that Rick Barnes has always insisted he could be. And I still think he has the ability to be. I still believe in that, the potential of that kid, and I think he has a chance, a chance to still be a really good basketball player. We started to see glimpses of it last season. Then he got hurt. I think he still got some ability to do some of those things, which is a good thing. Um, but I think Julian Phillips is the other part of that. I think it's either Kamaw or it's got to be Phillips. One of those two has got to step up and be that guy, if it's come it's his overall game and his ability to do some things in the post and extend the floor a little bit. And if it's Phillips, it's his ability to score from all three levels and get the ball on the deck and finish above the rim and be exciting. Um, Because those things can kickstart your team, they can can give you a boost, and uh, they can open up the floor for other guys to do things.
1: I agree with you. I I think Julian Phillips is going to prove to be one of Tennessee's better players, uh, in, in the second half of the season. He he just hasn't really been able to find his rhythm just yet, and, and I think it's just him being a true freshman. But I, I think he's going to follow a a similar path to Kennedy Chandler in which he, he was solid to good the, the first half of the season last year, a, and you saw the potential there. But it took a, a month to two months for him to to really settle in and, and be comfortable. And I think Julian Phillips is is going to do the same and. I think there's a good chance that uh, Julian Phillips proves to be the the best freshman. I'll say for now. I almost said one and done. I don't know that it's a guarantee that Julian Phillips is is one and done. So I'll I'll say freshman for now. I, I think he has a chance to be Rick's best freshman, and, and that is saying a lot because Ooh, that would he, be he's a lot. had. Well, let me take that back. He's not going to be better than Grant Williams. He's not going to be SEC Freshman of the Year, probably. I don't want to put those expectations on him. I was thinking more recently in terms of the Springers and the Keons and, and the Kennedys, the, the the more recent five stars. Uh, and, and I know Grant was not a five star, but uh, of the five stars that Rick has brought in, I, I think he has the potential to be the, the best as a freshman. Uh, or, or right there, neck and neck with Kennedy, because Kennedy was really, really good uh, as as well. But my point being that I, I think by the time uh, mid January, February, getting into tournament play, I, I think Julian Phillips is going to be really, really key piece to this basketball team, just like Kennedy was last year. And, and I do think he is somebody that does not mind at all the the hard coaching that he receives from Rick. I think he is one that that loves that type of coaching and, and thrives off of it. Uh that those are kind of the things that you heard all throughout the off season of this is a guy that just works, 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 works. And the, the staff was in love with him all summer long for those reasons. And, and he's kind of a, a quieter guy and and I think that he'll handle the the Rick Barnes experience as a freshman perfectly fine. And Olivier is a guy that can he has the potential. I, I completely agree. You and I have talked about it on a couple of different podcasts leading up to this one. I do think he's capable of being somebody who is a difference maker, but he's he's just got to go prove it at, at this point. I do think he was starting to show it last year when he got hurt. I thought he was playing really well last year when he got hurt, and I hated that the injury set him back in terms of his development. Um, but he, he's got to get back to that point and show that he can do it consistently because uh, this is his fourth year and he's he's only shown to do it consistently for like two, two weeks out of his entire four years. So I do believe the potential is in there, but he's got to go do it at some point.
2: And then the last thing I'll mention uh, is, again, Jonas Adu, who has only played 9.7 minutes per game this season. I think some... Uh, I think he's been a little under the weather at times. I think that's been part of it. I, I think he's going to be a guy who's going to be a factor on this team. I don't know exactly. Uh, I, I think they'll, there will be times where he really excites you and times where he really frustrates you perhaps. But um, if you can watch this kid and watch how he's developed from last year, there's a lot there to like a lot. And it was unfortunate the, the game where Plopsich was 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 hurt and was out that that Adu just hadn't been feeling great. So that's part of it. But – um, I, I think he's the guy who's going to do some things that are going to help this team, too. I don't think, though, in terms of what I'm talking about, you know, a dominant post scorer or a reliable post score or a reliable kind of slasher guy who can get to the rim, those are the two ways to really sort of have a plan B when plan A is not working. And I don't know that he fits into that equation just yet um, because I think the things he do are going to be in more of a complementary role for now. Um, but I, I like what he can do complementary wise. like i think i think he can be a really nice energy guy and a guy who can do some things defensively uh, adjust some some thoughts at the rim for people who want to attack the rim getting some rebounds and stepping out and hitting some shots
1: yeah he's a Kyle alexander that that's what he is a complimentary guy to admiral and lamonte and bone and bowden and grant that that's what that's what jonas a duke can be uh, at, at his ceiling if not more quite frankly um, but but he is a guy that you're not necessarily throwing it to him down on the block and, and he's going into a post move like Grant and and just getting you 20, 30 points a, a game or anything like that. But he's a guy that can shoot the mid-range jumpers that Kyle Alexander shot. He's a guy that can knock down threes uh, like Kyle did his senior year. Uh, and then he has all the potential in the world to be an elite rim protector with, with his athleticism and his size, uh, not, not to sound repetitive, uh, like I I said with Julian Phillips, but I, I think he's a guy that you're going to look up the second half of the season, and 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 he's going to be uh, a, a real key piece to this team. If if Tennessee basketball is is going to have success this season, they're they're going to need Julian Phillips and uh, Jonas Adu to be playing their best football or football. Uh, as you can see, I'm still in football season mode, but
2: yeah, uh, it, it, their best- it, it's it's multi sport season mode. There's no apologies needed there.
1: Yes. Um, but playing their best basketball by the time uh, the second half of, of the season rolls around. And I think that they will because they, they have good skill sets. Uh, I'm more confident in Julian Phillips being what I think he can be. Uh, I think it's a near lock that Julian Phillips is just awesome as a freshman, uh, the, the at least the second half of the season, if not sooner. Very similar to Kennedy, as I Discussed, but I think there's a, a real chance for Jonas to to be a difference maker as well during that time period. And, and I said uh, in the preseason that I think he's a guy that can be one of the the biggest game changers in the SEC just because of his ability to to protect the rim and then get back on offense and knock down threes. We haven't necessarily seen him knock down threes yet but he can do it and if he can get into a nice rhythm of where he is defending the rim at a high level and also getting back down the floor and moving the ball when he needs to like rick likes them to but also knocking down threes which he is capable of it's going to be hard for rick to to not keep him out there on the floor
2: yeah and the last thought i have on that is that um you know the the benefits of a five man who can step out there and shoot the three Uh, Unless a team's going to play zone defense against you, if teams are going to play man against you. Uh, And, and again, teams might play a lot of zone against Tennessee. We'll we'll see. I don't know if they will because of the shooting range necessarily. But but I I think – If you as a five man can step out and shoot, that means that the opposing five man is going to be out there guarding you, which means that the rim protector is nowhere near the rim, which means you can then go attack the rim. So people always say, why is the big man shooting? Guys, that's why the big man's shooting, because it opens up the floor in a way that nothing else does. So yeah, I mean, I think you do that. And then uh, that takes your ability to get to the rim. And that takes a big, huge, um, yeah, but out of it. Because if you can, if you're like, yeah, you can get to the rim, yeah, but what what can you do when you get there? Yeah, but the big man's down there. Well, if the big man's out there guarding a guy who can shoot a three against him, well, then he ain't near the rim. So you're gonna you're gonna be able to finish at the rim. So I, I think that's that's the benefits to that, and that's why you need to do it. And that's why uh, if you can play basketball these days and you cannot shoot the three, you better be so damn good at everything else, or else you are costing your team. That's just sort of the world that we live in now. But we will see. There's lots and lots of stuff. Uh, that we will learn about this team this week. It'll be interesting to see it. I don't know that I'll be able to help out much with the Wednesday coverage, or we'll we'll see Thursday what's going on with uh, with Hank after the surgery and everything. But I'll certainly be watching if I can, and uh, we'll chip in some thoughts if I can. But Ben uh, will be covering all of it certainly, and we'll have uh, we'll have lots to discuss on this show about it coming up uh, coming up early next week. Got anything else, Ben? I'm
1: good. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving and everybody else does as well.
2: Thank you. That's a really good way to end it. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the GoVols 24 7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Westrucker 24 7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24 7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24 7 at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run round the clock. Got the checkerboard and the summit where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, And no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and You get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs. And that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies, you get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that, for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. that—that That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one m- lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.